The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Eamon mentioned uh, there an impending vote uh, at the UN on a call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Patrick Brewery is with me now. He's a senior security lecturer at the University of Bath, former NATO analyst and former army officer as well. Patrick, you're welcome to the show and it's good to talk to you again. Um, what What is the significance of, of this vote at the UN and, and does the language differ from earlier votes that the, the, the US voted against? Good evening, Karen. Yeah, I think that's it. It's all about the language. Uh, <clears throat> the US's objections to the one about 10 days ago was essentially that the process was rush, rushed and that the language was too forthright in its condemnation of Israel while not also condemning uh, Hamas. And so I'm sure it'll be, if I think it will, I'm hopeful it will go through actually. It does, there's been a a real change of, I think, public opinion and political opinion, especially in the West, essentially since Israel restarted their campaign and and continued to kill so many civilians um, whilst doing so after the last ceasefire and hostage exchange. So I'm confident something will get through, hopefully. Um, how much it actually matters to the Israelis is another question entirely. Yeah, because you do get a sense of it. I, I was reading the Irish Times today and, and the front page of their world news section, US urges more surgical approach, uh, um, and, uh, UK shift stance to urge sustainable ceasefire. So two different stories, but a kind of a, a similar sense of that shifting mood that you mentioned. The last time you spoke to me, though, you made the point that, listen, the US can't decide what happens. It's Netanyahu, ultimately, who will make the call. Uh, how, how likely do you suspect he's to be influenced by any of this? Well, I think the, there's a potential thing in terms of like what happens if they if, if they refuse to come to the table or implement a ceasefire, and then you can move in towards, I suppose, sanctions, etc. But it would be unusual for sanctions to be applied, say, for by the West without U.S. support while they're supplying them with arms. Uh, the political opinion in Israel is still that this uh, attack should be continued, that the campaign should be continued despite the uh, casualties. They are obviously aware, or you know, I think. Support surprised by the especially the shooting of the three Israeli hostages by the Israeli defense forces which is you know quite quite uh, shocking to be honest with you uh, but Netanyahu you know thinks I, I don't think he had a plan when he went into this and I think the plan is emerging as it goes on and that plan is to be uh, incur very heavy costs on the whole Palestinian community for uh, allowing Hamas to do this and hosting them, and secondly, potentially just to drive them out altogether. It, it's what it's looking at at, the, at this stage. And to put it into context, Karen, like you know, there's nearly twenty thousand Palestinians killed, of which we reckon about a third of which are actually combatants from the IDF forces. So they're killing uh, approximately uh, one combatant for every two civilians. And now that is pretty much off the charts for any urban conflict we've seen uh, in the last two decades. And there's been a lot of urban battles: Fallujah, Sirte. Mosul, Raqqa. Uh, the only one that comes close lasted four years, and that was in Aleppo between 2012 to 2016, and 25,000 to 30,000 civilians were killed. The, the Israelis have got close to that target in 10 weeks. It's, it is off the charts. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable when you put it uh, into those terms. The, 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 the express aims, the military aims of this at the outset, um, Patrick, were, were, were to recover hostages uh, and to destroy Hamas. Um, and again, we talked about this before. I mean, in terms of the recovery of hostages, as you say, that they, they've accidentally executed three hostages this week. The IDF have been 
unsuccessful in terms of recovery. The hostages they have got back have been in periods of ceasefire as a result of diplomatic efforts. And and the destruction of Hamas, again, the last time you and I spoke, you made the point that, you know, that that's never realistic in terms of a kind of, uh, uh, it, it's, it's an aim in its totality, you know, that they were never going to be able to kind of destroy them all. So, so what is the aim now? Well, exactly like that, as you said there, it's a maximalist objective, but in an insurgency, basically by using uh, overwhelming force, you generally uh, tend to push people into the insurgents' arms, uh, uh, you know, over time rather than, and there's like, there's historical evidence, sustained historical evidence to show that, that the maximalist use of force approach in a counterinsurgency, which is essentially what this is, does not yield positive, successful results. Um, so I, I think that they didn't have a plan and they just rolled in and did what they could do at the time, which is use a huge amount of air power, uh, to bombard the Gazans. Uh, and, and they don't really care about the civilian ca- casualties because they're so enraged about what's happened to them. Um, and then that goes down to the issues of proportionality, et cetera, in their targeting cells and the weapons selection, which they've used. But the long-term effects of this are massive. You know, you had the former defence secretary in the UK say yesterday that, you know, this could resonate at sort of at the, the, the terrorist level for the next, you know, five decades, he said. And he said that Israel is breaking moral and legal uh, norms by doing yeah, this. Well, actually, let, let me ask you about that, Patrick. I mean, it, are we now in a place where it becomes much more difficult, despite the fact that they may be supportive of this uh, vote, this resolution in the UN tonight, are we now in a place where it's much more difficult for the likes of the US, the UK to turn to other countries and to hold them to account for their treatment of kind of civilian populations, be it the Chinese with Uyghur Muslims or if Vladimir Putin decided to go in and level Grozny again tomorrow because he got sick of Chechnya? I think we are certainly in terms of potential war crimes. You know, the International Criminal Court, I would I would expect, may open... Um, may open investigations into the Israeli targeting and the killing of civilians in this campaign. Uh, uh, and then the people who supplied them, that becomes a question, Mark, too. So I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if that happens. You've got to remember, such as the scale of this now, and, and we can talk about other options they have because they do have other options, uh, but such as the scale of this now, that if, if Gaddafi had done this or Assad had done this, the world would be calling for an intervention to stop it. You know, that's that's what we're at here. Um, so there is that uh, that element of, of double standards, I think. Um, and secondly, in terms of what the Israelis could do, is especially after the ceasefire, okay, yeah. they could have gone, okay, that's it. We've 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 done our overwhelming force piece. Now we're going to cordon southern Gaza. We're going to redevelop because their intelligence has been very faulty. Redevelop our intelligence links into into the southern two thirds of Gaza, uh, and we're going to fight essentially a dirty war, an intelligence and special forces led dirty war of assassination against the rest of Hamas continued uh, will go on for years and we'll just keep degrading them that way I think in the longer term they've, they've basically they're causing themselves a strategic um, a strategic problem Patrick listen it's always interesting uh, to speak to you and hear those insights so thank you for taking the time Patrick Bury is a senior security lecturer at the University of Bath and a former NATO analyst and army officer The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.